CK and you're listening to practice. I'm your functional systems integrator and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show but the whole purpose behind it. I'm using this platform to practice podcasting as well as speaking in general while espousing half thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life Pam. Hey that's me. Pam is also my pattern awareness manager and every Sunday we reflect on the past week and my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing this on the fly, so don't hold me responsible for what I say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. Today, we're recording on Sunday... September 13th of 2020, and this is our 29th practice session. And this week has been kind of weird for me. What about you? What would you say? What would, what's your one-word description of this week for you? Um, I don't know about the week overall, but yesterday I would say overwhelming. Yeah. So do you want to go over why you say that? Yeah, just quickly, I guess. Um, I did my normal Saturday grocery store trip. And while I was there, apparently there was a lot of people that were heading to a Trump rally. (laughs) So there was a bunch of people wearing Trump gear. And, um, you know, we deal with people like that on the internet. And it's one thing to see them at a distance, but to see people that were like, almost frothing at the mouth with excitement to go to a rally that is essentially for hate was um like i'm I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it and talking about it right now because it was just it was really um it really affected me to see it in person and then i also went um, for a little birthday adventure to a place called the um, oc open market which has 200 stalls of vendors that are like artists and makers and you know just little shops and Mm. um i'd been wanting to go there for a while so i went for my birthday and it was um it's a really cool place i really enjoyed the spot but there was so many people there because it was their one year anniversary Mm. and like no one is is physically distancing people are just like in your space and Mm. it was really overwhelming to be around that many people after being around no one other than you for so long like i just wanted to be back home yeah yeah that's interesting you've developed a sense of normalcy being at home and isolated whereas there's this whole other spectrum of people who are returning to the normalcy that they've had before. Yeah. And now there's this duality going on. I've always preferred staying home. Like I'm just a homebody. Yeah. So I think it's just exacerbated now. Right. It's so more pronounced. It's more pronounced. And all these other people that prefer to be out and about are mm-hmm. so excited to be right. doing that, like you said. And that's more pronounced on that side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're really like pumped to be out shopping and interacting with people. Meanwhile, I'm like, get away <laughs> from me. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And that brings up something that I ran across earlier this week. And I believe it's called the theory of dual entitlement. Okay. So 
in economics, I believe it comes from economics where there's the notion that the consumer wants the best price available for them, but obviously the business or the company also wants to make the most sure. or you know set the best price that's available for them. So you're coming at two different sides mm -hmm. and obviously in order to reach some kind of success with the product, you have to have some kind of compromise. So you're coming from this place this, these two different sides and reaching a compromise. So it's it just goes to sh show the importance of context. Yeah. And in terms of relating this to like our society and how people react to each other or understand things or just interact, oftentimes we're very inundated with our own thoughts and ourselves yeah. and often don't consider where other people are at in their lives. And so that other side of that dual entitlement theory. So obviously you have, you, you think of what you're entitled to, but oftentimes you don't think of what other people are thinking they're entitled to. And so that's why there's a lot of conflict in terms of trying to agree on certain stances or beliefs or whatnot. So just yeah. an interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> I could list off 15 things that happened yesterday that are, you know, <laughs> me looking at people thinking that they were in, they were feeling entitled, but meanwhile, they are, you know, looking at me thinking that. So it definitely right, makes right. sense. Right. So I felt like my week was weird because of the sky yeah, and the smokiness and the cloudiness. And it's kind of like we've been in twilight for the past week. It's been eerie. Yeah. And we haven't had like full bright sunlight. And obviously there's issues like seasonal effectiveness disorder that can play into this. Seasonal effective disorder? Seasonal affective disorder. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Not effectiveness. <laughs> I'm seasonally effective. <laughs> I mean, there, I kind of am. But <laughs> yeah, there might be a theory that goes along with that. Maybe we can make one up. But yeah, thanks for the correction. Seasonal affective disorder or SAD. And that's tends to occur during winter months and winter seasons when you don't get as much sunlight. And so you get into sort of a depressive mood and that's kind of what i'm like i i'm feeling like that kind of notion with this smoky yeah. sky and the cloudiness it's weird and, it, and it's also different because then the sun is a whole different color it's like this eerie orangey glow red sometimes yeah totally and we're not even getting the worst of it. Like San Francisco yeah. and Portland are like the whole town is red or black, depending on what is going on and where you're at. It's yeah. just bizarre to think about. So like that combination of not only is our environment different, but then there's like that mental load of realizing why it's that way and, and that totally. all these other people have it even worse. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's how 
our weeks have been going and <laughs> and our- then i went out and ran in that air quality and so my lungs are a little bit messed up now yeah that's yeah it's all this yeah i mean for people yeah for people who like us who enjoy being outdoors and enjoy the sunlight it's a lot to have to consider so you know we can't do things that we normally would do so we have to consider all that but let's move on and i'll say our quote for the week and this comes from stoic philosopher marcus aurelius and he's one of my favorites and one of the big three that i've mentioned before the others being seneca and epictetus who we've had quotes from before and marcus aurelius was a roman emperor and a lot of historians consider him to be the greatest roman emperor of all time and he is the he was the emperor of maximus aurelius in gladiator the movie gladiator Mm -hmm. which i love one of my favorite movies and maximus aurelius is actually a fictional character but in that fiction his leader was marcus aurelius who got murdered i believe or no he got he died from the antonine plague which has a lot of crossover with what's going on today with the coronavirus actually but i'm not going to go too much into that so <laughs> let's just get into the quote and it goes like this you can discard most of the junk that clutters your mind and clear out space for yourself by comprehending the scale of the world by contemplating infinite time by thinking of the speed with which things change each part of everything the narrow space between our birth and death the infinite time before the equally unbounded time that follows so it's just he's just basically talking about broadening your perspective and this is a lot of what I like to espouse in terms of broadening perspective and spectral potentiality and how your range of perspective is correlated with your intelligence or that's how I like to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. So we'll try to see if we can weave things in and out with that quote throughout this session. Okay. And on that note, I'm going to try to keep this session doing half an, to a half an hour like I wanted to all along. We've been going over the past couple of weeks without me even realizing because things seem to be flowing pretty well now. And on that note, I would also like to mention that I reading through the intro today, I realized that I want to change some things up. And I started out this practice of podcasting to practice podcasting and practice speaking. And I'll always be practicing those things as I do them because I can always improve and I understand that I can always get better. Especially with speaking, I feel like I've made a lot of improvement from the first episode. And I almost think that saying that I'm practicing speaking now may be hindering me a little bit 
because I'm kind of using it as a crutch if I mess up or can't figure out what to say. Like, I have that little nugget in the back of my mind that's telling me, oh, it's okay, this is just practice. You can just flub whatever sentences or words or if your brain thesaurus isn't working, that's fine because it it's just practice. And while that's true, I don't want to lean on that and be okay with just messing up or not improving week to week, basically. Okay. So I'm thinking of looking at things moving forward as this practice of self-reflection and focusing less on the practice of speaking with the idea that, of course, I am practicing speaking, but I feel like I'm at a level where it's uh, like uh, what we're doing is fine here. Like I've been listening to the past few episodes and it's for me, it's been fun to listen to and comparing myself to other podcasts that I listen to. I'm like, you know, we're not, I'm not very far from speaking in a manner where, say, I'd even be comfortable being on another podcast that I listen to and listening back. Whereas before, obviously, I'd be very anxious about going on a podcast or being yeah. a guest. Not, not saying that I'd have that opportunity now, but just saying if I did have that opportunity, that I'd be fine. And I think I'd come off as an okay speaker or fine speaker or you know it'll be good enough and i'll see myself as being good enough if that makes sense totally i agree <laughs> cool. so it's time to level up your goals for the podcast yeah totally and the thing is like w the way we're doing this podcast and the way that we're doing it on the fly like i don't really prepare much of anything for these episodes other than the quote and I have the intro in front of me, but I basically have that memorized. And so everything else I'm just coming up with on the spot. And usually the podcast that I listen to, it's all prepared or a lot more prepared than these sessions. And also they're edited afterwards. And so... It, it's I, I'm kind of putting all this out there in a raw format and now I'm coming to a point where I think I've developed myself and this, these episodes enough that it's on a sufficient level and so I would say oh a, kind of a tangent my favorite podcast app is Overcast mm -hmm. and are you still using Overcast? Yep. Okay. And Overcast has this awesome feature called Smart Speed, where they use AI to determine where to speed things up or slow things down in the audio feed, depending on how you pause. And I don't know exactly what goes in the algorithm, but it's really smooth rather than just speeding up like mm -hmm. 1.5 or two times which tends to sound a little artificial and not so natural. Yeah, exactly. And with smart speed from Overcast, it speeds up, but it also sounds natural. So you 
don't necessarily you can't necessarily tell that it's sped up unless you speed it up a lot but still it's easier the flow is a more natural flow so it's like you're talking faster rather than talking normally and speeding up mm -hmm. so i don't know if that makes sense but it makes a difference coming out in the audio so i recommend listening to me via overcast with smart speed because then that makes it sound totally awesome it makes me sound like a really good speaker because it takes out the pauses and a lot of my pauses tend to be a little longer because i'm sorting through a lot of stuff in my head uh, but a lot of other podcasts they'll just take out the pauses in post-processing and then at the same time there may be some tools and plugins for post-processing that do similar things as what Overcast Smart Speed does. So there may be some editing in terms of that. But yeah, just kind of a tangent. Um, but I guess it's all just to say that I am starting to get more confident in myself and I'm enjoying listening back and realizing that I actually do know what I'm talking about most of the time and that I can put some of these ideas together on the fly. So, yeah, that's where I'm at and trying to move on. Um, let's see. So, I don't know. I have so much going on in my head this past week, and it's been all kind of all over the place, but I think I may want to expound on what I was talking about the past couple weeks in terms of the headless way, as well as the three categories of brain evolution because what I discovered while I was journaling actually this past week was the bisociation or crossover of those two frameworks, I guess you can call them. So to recap real quick, the three stages of the human brain evolution started out with the lizard brain and then there was the mammalian brain and then the human brain. Actually, it's the lizard brain and paleomammalian brain, which is the early human, early mammal brain, and then the neo-mammalian brain, which is the evolved human brain with the frontal lobe and the prefrontal cortex and all that stuff. Okay. So if we take those and then consider the four stages of the headless way where we had the child or I'm sorry the baby the child the adult and the seer the first three stages of the headless way line up with the three categories of the uh, it's referred to as the triune brain tri meaning three mm -hmm. so triune brain it refers to the three categories of brain evolution so if we're looking at the lizard brain, which is more towards the stimulus response end of the spectrum, the lizard just responds to what is given, basically. And this could be related to the stage of the baby in the headless way. The baby's more stimulus resp in response. And if we continue the metaphor, the baby doesn't see its own head, so it, 
the baby doesn't really know of itself. It just knows of what's out there and responds to what's out there. So there's that association there with the lizard brain and the baby. And then with the paleomammalian brain, which is where you have the beginnings of the processes of learning as well as emotion. There's, there's some learning with the stimulus response category, but it's evolved with emotion in the paleomammalian brain. And it's associated with reactions. So in addition to stimulus and response, there's an added part of the reaction and emotion. And this can relate to the child stage of the headless way, where the child begins to understand that it is a being within himself and understands that what it sees in the mirror is a self, but is also very much in tune with what's going on outside of them and probably even more in tune with that. Like they're more susceptible to their super systems Mm -hmm. and obviously their parental systems, which is their super social system and their peers, their social system. So that there's that crossover with the paleomammalian brain and the child stage. And then with the neomammalian brain, which is the developed brain where you have the frontal lobe and the prefrontal cortex, which offers you executive thought and the ability to reason and add space between stimulus and response and space between stimulus and reaction and separate emotion from reason. And that could relate to the adult stage of the headless way where it's basically the same things, uh, all the same associations where the adult, uh, I I mean, it's not uh, completely, uh, it's not a perfect relation, but the growth is there. But in that thinking there, so there isn't a fourth stage of the evolution of brain evolution. That we know Uh, of. Exactly. (laughs) So... I'm thinking the fourth stage, if we keep these correlations, is the fourth stage of the headless way, which is the seer, which is where you take everything that you've learned throughout your lifetime so far as an adult through that adult stage and also re-include the stage of the baby where you saw everything without no head or uh, I did a double negative there where you saw everything with no head. And so what I'm thinking is that we as humans are still in, or we can still evolve And we have more progress to make in terms of brain evolution. And I would go as far to say that we still need a lot of work on the third stage in terms of utilizing our executive function 
and our capabilities to reason. So we still need more work there, but there's yet another stage to reach, which correlates with the stage of the seer in the headless way. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about this past week. Does that make sense? It does. It makes total sense. And I think it's um, that ongoing battle between where we, where a lot of people think that we need to get as a society versus um, where we are now, where, you know, if people were in more of that kind of enlightened phase and getting more into that seer type mindset, mm. our economy would be affected significantly because people oh, wouldn't yeah. be in this constant buying cycle and filling needs with products. Yeah. So there's a whole super system that is trying to prevent us from right. moving into that seer um, right. phase. And, you know, they're doing that by, um, you know, restricting use of psychedelics and, yep. um, and, and not um, making, you know, meditation and uh, awareness practices part of our education and how we bring up children and making that a weirdo thing. And like, oh, those, yeah. those people are the others rather than those people being the ones that probably have it figured out. Yeah, that's really interesting that you bring up psychedelics. We could go down that road a little bit real quick where there's a lot of theories in terms of have you heard about the stone date theory uh I, it sounds familiar but refresh me i believe it comes from terence mckenna who was very big into psychedelics and is very in influential in the psychedelic world um but his theory is that way back during evolution of primates it was when apes discovered i believe it's psilocybin which is mushrooms mm -hmm. and I i'm thinking it was that because it's it was probably found in nature and yeah. uh, from what i remember it grows on poop uh, uh, i mean i'm sure but <laughs> i think it grows kind of anywhere but true, poop true. is definitely a good fertilizer yeah uh um so I, I'm not exactly sure. That's just college, old college <laughs> memories. <laughs> you have memories from college? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> but anyway, the theory goes that the apes discovered psilocybin and began tripping on them, which is what expanded their brains mm -hmm. to form and to, to evolve to mm -hmm. what we have now with the prefrontal cortex and everything. Because if you think about it, these, psychode these psychedelics expand our human cognition. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about things that we haven't thought about before. or You make connections. Or, it opens up pathways that aren't available right now. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, there's that notion of that stoned ape theory and these other chemical methodologies to expand human performance and cognition that are out there and available and being researched, but there's also forces out there that are trying to keep this at bay or keep it under wraps or keep it from the general population because who knows for what reason, maybe because it'll hurt their own profits or because maybe they actually do think it's harmful to humans. But 
for whatever reasons, there's forces out there that are controlling us to some extent. So being mindful of all these things is important. And we can go back to our quote for the week where, I mean, the whole quote, it, it starts as you can discard most of the junk that clutters your mind. And that's pretty much the basis of meditation because in consciousness, you have this state where it's you always have a state where your mind is clear but it's these distractions and clutter and noise and all this stimulation and things that bombard you that you get caught up with and worried about and you get caught in the cycle and these patterns of emotion or reaction uh, emotionary and reactionary thought and if you're not mindful of that you're just living with those thoughts and then those thoughts are controlling you. So, you know, do you have free will or the power to make your own choices and make up your own mind? Um, maybe not if you're not mindful. So, yeah, it just all goes to say the importance of mindfulness and perspective and we could uh, like I tout self-reflection all the time and I've been ramping up my own this past week or the past few weeks with journaling but I've been I've started to look at a lot of things as self-reflection so there's there may be, there might be some proxies that you can employ. So th actually, this practice of podcasting is actually turned into a proxy of self reflection for me because I didn't go into it thinking, you know, I'm doing this to meditate or be mindful or reflect on my week. I was doing it to practice podcasting and speaking, <laughs> but now that has turned into a practice of self-reflection. So there might be some tools and things like that that we can talk about in the future around those type of things. I know that we're running short of time, but can I give yeah. a quick example of, of course. How, how I used self-reflection yesterday after I was leaving that shop sure. where I was really overwhelmed? Yeah. So there was an artist there, this man Lloyd, and he was adorable. He was like in his 80s and he's a wood carver and he made these absolutely gorgeous bowls. And he reminded me of my dad and... Mm. Um, he was the only like elderly man there and I immediately felt sorry for him. Like I felt like he was really out of place and mm -hmm. I felt like he thought that he had to be there to sell his products. So mm -hmm. I like felt guilty and wanted to buy something out of guilt because of this guy being in this place where I felt like he didn't really belong and that I, you know, I started putting all of my thoughts and emotions mm -hmm. onto him. And it put me in a really bad mood because mm -hmm. I felt so terrible for this guy. And I almost yeah. bought a $300 bowl because I felt <laughs> bad for this guy. And they're gorgeous oh. bowls. They're absolutely gorgeous. I would love to have one, but I don't have $300 to spend on a wood bowl. So anyway, <laughs> as I was walking out, I realized that I felt awful. And the reason that I felt awful was had absolutely nothing to do with my interaction with the, this guy. He was great. And he probably liked being there. And I realized that I was taking away his autonomy to make his own mm. decision. Like he's a grown ass man. Sorry. <laughs> he's a grown man. And he made the decision to rent this booth and he can make that decision. And right. I was putting all of my stuff 
right. on him. And yeah. so I went through this process. I actually spoke out loud to myself in the car and I was like, I feel bad about this guy because he, you know, is in this situation that I wouldn't want to be in. And I like talked myself through it. And I named all of the feelings that I was having about him that had absolutely nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And like went through this self-reflection and processed everything that I was feeling that had, again, nothing to do with him. He didn't say a single word to me that indicated that he didn't want to be there. He was, he was a lovely gentleman. He seemed like he was doing fine. Yeah. But I put myself in that position. Yeah. So that process of just talking to myself and listing all the, all the things that I was feeling and all the things that I had f- made up. Right. And you felt it sounded it sounds like you felt dissonance in the moment dissonance <laughs> in the moment How and so? like you were there and you saw this guy well first of all there's dissonance between the guy and the atmosphere or the <laughs> yeah, environment yeah, yeah. and then there was dissonance between what you were feeling and what you thought he was feeling mm-hmm. or what or also what you thought you should be feeling yeah or and then you went into curiosity about why you were feeling that way mm-hmm. and then you were able to have the awareness to go into trying to sort it out yeah so yeah i mean that's very mindful of you and you're able to create the space and then create space for him to be there and yeah. do what he does yeah so yeah that's a great example <laughs> And yeah, like you said, we're running out of time. Today, we're going to celebrate Pam's birthday with my parents and my brother and his wife. So we actually had two changes of plans already this morning, which before would have sent me into a little spiral of anxiety. Yeah. But on that note, I mean, I... I'm totally fine with it. Like I just Good. brushed it off and I'm like, okay. Because it first it was canceled and then it was reinstituted or reinstated. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. So we gotta get ready for that. So we'll leave it there for this week. And before we leave off, Pam, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter where I am at Pamela underscore Lund. And you might be able to find me on Twitter sometime soon at CK Disco. And Pam, thank you for joining me this week for practice. And thank you to the listeners for joining me this week. And I hope you come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo!